What's up, Stats Pack? Welcome back to the podcast. Let me start off with some NBA stuff. We'll roll into some NFL, some uh, New England Patriots and 49ers news, and maybe even touch on a little bit of F1. But some signings made in the NBA since we last talked. So Hornets actually signed Kelly Oubre Jr., and Kemba Walker is joining the Knicks, if anybody has heard. So there is some talent left out there. If you have a team out there that are looking to sign some free agents, uh, of course, the big one, number one, still looming out there, Kawhi Leonard, trying to figure out where he wants to go. Kawhi's 30 years old. He's an unrestricted free agent. Dennis Schroeder is 27. He's an unrestricted free agent. News rumor is he's actually looking to go to the Celtics, and the Celtics are in talks with him. Um, Dennis is only 27 years old. His last played with the Los Angeles Lakers. Why hasn't signed? Maybe he's just asking way too much money. But Dennis started all 61 games last year. He played about 32 minutes. Uh, his three-point percentage is is decent at uh, about 30, 34%, 3.35. He averaged about 15.4 points per game. Not super high. You would expect more being a starting uh, point, point guard in the NBA. His assists are not that great either, 5.8. But he is a solid... I think Dennis is a solid point guard, especially for someone who's not, you know, a team that's not looking for a point guard to be the man, you know, the man when it comes to scoring. Someone who could who could bring up a, actually about 15 points per game and maybe uh, I would say he's going to up his assists there. I'd, I'd, I'd want more around, you know, seven or eight assists per game. He rebounds about three and a half rebounds per game. So he's, uh, he's solid at the free throw line, about 85% from the three throw line. Dennis is a good starter. He just he just needs to be into in the right the right team. So I wonder if they're gonna sign him a year or give him a multi year contract. But if Dennis holds out, I think it's not gonna be good for him in the in the long run where he's probably gonna lose more and more money. Uh you know, on top of that, another free agent who's still out there, and I can't believe JJ is actually thirty seven years old, but he's been in the league forever. Um JJ Reddick last played with the Dallas Mavericks last season. He only got in about 13 games. He averaged 4.4 points, uh, 4.4 points per game. The season before that, he was 8.7 and 7.4. And then uh, when he was with the Pelicans back in 2019-20, he actually averaged 15 points. His three-point shooting has not gone down. Actually, it was really, it was, I mean, it, it was almost 40% last year. He's, he's still great at shooting for, you know, his, the, the three-point line. Now, of course, at 37 years old, his liability when it comes to defensive, uh, you know, guarding somebody defensively, or is he, you know, some of the athletic ability has dropped off for JJ, but he's still a great shooter. I think coming off the bench, you know, eight, nine, tenth position, he's a decent. He could be a decent piece on your team, you know, role piece on your team, role playing player on the team. <laughs> Uh, Danny Green still available, thirty-four year old. I think Danny. I thought Danny would be closer to forty. <laughs> Laurie Markkinen, twenty-four years old. Reggie Jackson still available. Josh Hart, decent player, twenty-six year old restricted free agent. Andre Iguodala is thirty-seven. Justin Winslow, JJ Redick, like I said, is thirty-seven. Denzel Valentine, twenty-seven. Wesley Matthews, thirty-four. Paul Mills at thirty-six. Hamdi Diolu, twenty-three years old, and Demarcus Cousin who I thought would be around 50 years old, the way his body is, but he's a 30 years old, unrestricted free agent. Look for him to sign a, most likely sign a one-year veteran minimum deal. Okay, news out of Patriots camp. This is AL.com. Mac Jones is Alabama. 
paper. <clears throat> He's good at getting yelled at. <laughs> God, poor guy. New England quarterback Mac Jones has become proficient at a, a rookie skill uh, during training camp as he works to master his new team's offense. He's good at getting yelled at. New England offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels said on Wednesday, accessing Jones' progress. But they all are right now. He probably thinks his name's not Mac sometimes, but look, this is rookie training camp, and there's going to be some good plays, and there's going to be some plays that don't look anything like what we talked about last night at the meeting. And so the good thing about the part of this year is as coaches is you could walk off the field feeling blank about what you did, but ultimately gives you opportunity to get better in the meeting room. And when we watch film, I feel like it's getting it was a good play, and we reinforce it bad play, we correct it. So every day is a new day, Jones said. This is Mac on Thursday. You come out and attack Ted tomorrow's. Uh, tomorrow's tomorrow. I kind of use this mentality not to look ahead. People, a lot of people on the team did the same thing because that's what the coaches tell us to take in for today. Each day, there's new installs, there's new stuff, and we just have to kind of go at it together. Try our best and watch the tape and get better in the afternoon. Joan said, when the coaches do yell at me, tries to focus on the message. Josh is great. He teaches me exactly what I'm supposed to do. I feel like I'm trying to uh, trying and starting to get what we're kind of thinking about the same page, and that has to be every day. Said, all right, jumping into 49ers camp. Mac Jones is basically getting his ass chewed out, but he is a rookie. It looks like Cam Newton is going to be the starter for the Patriots. Sorry, Pats. I don't know if he's going to come out a different player than he was last year, but his stats are absolutely abysmal. Okay, training camp, 49ers. The 49ers concluded their first week of practice on Wednesday, which led to some overreactions from Primer Park saying the number three overall pick is the best rookie quarterback they've ever seen. Uh, okay. So um, let's go through one takeaway each position and try some real and some hype surrounding certain players. <laughs> well, compared to Mac Jones, right? You know, that's good. 49er fans. Let Lance cook. You'll have an opportunity to watch Trey Lance throw the ball and run fast soon and humps. Once that happens, you'll understand why people are gushing about the 21-year-old. Lance has carved up the second-team defense to the point where he's putting up video game numbers. I have Lance going 20 of 22 in the last two practices, and that's likely while averaging over 10 yards per attempt. He's slinging it, but it's time to bump up the level of competition from rookie to L, man. 100% agree. I have run some teams, have some run some offense with the first team. As Lance been impressive, undeniably so. The question we're asking is not whether... We're putting enough weight on rookies, gunslingers, to do all, uh, all this against 49ers backups. Jimmy Ward, Jason Brett, and Fred Warner have all made a, a living uh, a living help for starting offenses, and there hasn't been an explosive play around. So that's running defense with the first-team offense. That's with Jimmy at quarterback. The difference in smarts and speed should be challenge Trey, which is exactly what he needs, a new challenge. If Lance shreds the first-team defense in the same manner than he has the second team, then coaches are all out of excuses. It's time of the prayer the rookie to start some games. Running back, perfect balance. Kai Shanahan has the team. I said the team knows what they have in Raheem Mostert, which is why Trey Sermon has received the bulk of the first team reps from the starters. Yeah, I agree. That's a good idea, you know, especially with Raheem getting busted up a little bit. The one two punch reminds me of a USC backfield back 2000 with Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Uh, I'm not saying Mostert is going to morph into the most electric player on college game ever seen, but it's clear that his speed presents problems even when the Swift 49ers defense, of course, he presents problems. Uh, but, of course, people always forget how good of a player White was, and that's where Sermon comes into play. Sermon's vision instantly stands out, uh, but his balance will allow him to move chains and turn 
four to five yard gains and a potential double digit yards. Offensive line return to the Mac. We're a week in training camp, and it's evident that Fort Niners need a veteran present in the middle, and there has been one free run through where the stars up the middle while Mac has been the center. Feels like defense is running through the middle once a series last season. However, Mac has been excellent, which has taken the heat off the right tackle. Good news. Tight ends, welcome, George. Before Wednesday, you didn't know any better. You thought that the number 82 roster was the best tight end uh, in the roster with all the targets and acrobatic catches made. Then we saw George Kittle look like George Kittle, and he proved not even two defenders, but enough to stop him at times. Yep. Wide receiver looking for consistency. Brenda Ayuk is really, really good. But we expected that. Debo Samuel is a strong number two after that. The consistency falls off a cliff. Jalen Hurd is still getting his feet wet in team drills as the 49ers take things slow with him. Wow, he's in his third year, too. Uh, Trent Sheffield looks good, but he was an outcast in Arizona. In this training camp hype, or can he actually contribute? Mohamed Sanu got off to a hot start, but it's cooled since. And after those two, I'm not sure anybody confidently can say that. They trust Jimmy Garoppolo throwing them a pass during the regular season. Uh, Richie James and Austin Watkins, the rest of the bunch, have some work to do to prove the coaches that they're worthy of a roster spot. And it may not matter, as Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel, the running game should be enough to put up points in the depth charts around them as long as they stay healthy, right? Okay, finally, for you F1 fans, Mercedes explains why Lewis Hamilton was so exhausted and hungry. So if you watched the race, Lewis Hamilton could barely get up onto the podium after getting third place. I mean, he, he was just trashed, like just really, really exhausted. Mercedes technical director Mike Elliott explained that race in Hungary has sapped a lot of Lewis's energy contrary to why the reigning champion had to visit the team's doctor after the race. Having come into third place, Hamilton has visibly exhausted on the podium and had to delay his media comment, commitments due to visiting the doctors for check. Having recovered quickly, Hamilton issued a message for Lewis fans and Elliott explained that the heat of Hungary added to the intensity of the race simply sapped Hamilton's energy away. Yeah, we're recovered in race suits and he's he absolutely drove like a madman to get third place. And it was a pretty cool sight to see. Uh, I guess you saw him on the podium struggling. I saw him about an hour after and he was definitely a chunk better. And now he recovered since. Yeah, getting out of the heat, drinking some water, some cold water, breathing, and letting your muscles recover is huge. Getting some food in you. The you have never been in these cars. It's really difficult to understand the environment, the drivers in the air that's going by the car, actually, because the car is so close to the ground. It's actually closer to the ground temperature than it is the air temperature. So during that race, I expect it was sort of 40 to 50 degrees Celsius to rear. It was humid, and the drivers were also sitting in the environment with electrical boxes around them. Hydraulics, power, so yeah, it was hot. So it was just exhausted from the race, basically. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to the Stats Beast podcast. I'm your host, Jason Clare. Hope everybody's doing well. Take care. Bye.